So hello and welcome back to another episode of the Turn 5 podcast. Uh, This week we'll be discussing what is normally known as Silly Season, uh, where all the transfer news has come out over the summer break, uh, as well as taking a look ahead at the Belgian Grand Prix uh, this weekend. Because finally, it's race week. Um, I suppose we should start it off with a, a preface of there has not been any transfer talk over this entire summer window. So silly season has been silent season. And we're, we're promised, weren't we? Everything was going to happen over the summer break. You know, yeah. Mercedes were going to make their decision. George Russell and, wants his future sorted out by summer. I mean, bearing in mind everything happened last season before the season even started. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. Uh, I mean, the somewhat different circumstances and the fact that yeah. we didn't start until like July. <laughs> but mm. yeah, it's been a bit dry in the the way of news articles to the point that even F1 writers have taken to creating 2025 grid lineups. So, well, <laughs> I mean, I love him, his, but... His... It, 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 it. But yeah, I mean, we've got, obviously we've got the uh, publicly available, definitely totally correct knowledge of people's contracts and what has been released to the press uh, by virtue of Hamilton's contract is until 2023 at Mercedes. And, but well, let's just go through it. So Hamilton, Verstappen, Ricardo, Norris, Vettel, uh that's it those are all those drivers are all under contract until the end of 2023 uh alonso and signs are under contract until 2022 ocon and leclerc are under contract until 2024 and stroll schumacher and mazepin have no end date on their contracts uh, which leaves a singular Mercedes seat, a singular Red Bull seat, both of the Alpha Tauri seats, both of the Alpha Romeo seats, and both of the Williams seats unaccounted for in next year's lineup. So, I mean, realistically, if we look at it, we've got we've got five teams, haven't we? Where it's not certain what's going to happen, and. Uh, it, the silly season, whenever it does kick off, is probably going to be instigated by either Mercedes or Red Bull confirming their second driver, I think. That's what we're looking at. And then that, then it'll all sort itself out at the bottom, well, won't it? That's, that's, yeah, that's what we see. Is, is It's always a domino effect, isn't it? Like, we mm. saw it last year before the season kicked off. Ferrari announced that Vettel wasn't going to be staying with them. And then suddenly, Carlos Sainz was coming. And then all of a sudden... Daniel Ricciardo is going to McLaren, and it's like everything's just happened. So it was uh, mm. that was that came out in the space of like what three hours? Yeah, it was all in one. It day, was wasn't it? it was ridiculous. It was just like okay, we've got a nice new news story today, and then like an hour later, your phone goes off again, and you're thinking, I've, I've already read this, and then it's like no, science is going to fr- what? And yeah, did, it's just I did, I did not know it was in like the space of a day. Oh, yeah, I thought it, it was over a couple of days. No, no, no I, it was I, one morning I, and it all just went off. I started watching F1 just after the uh like got announced. So I was just like, oh, probably just over a couple of days. I did not know it was over a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. Like that is I, I think that will forever be like peak silly season. 
of like mm. three pieces of driver news coming out in like a morning. <laughs> mm. we, and, we just no haven't had any of them coming. That was no. the thing. <laughs> no, definitely not. Because based on that, anything could happen this year. Well, yeah, exactly. Science looked comfortable at McLaren, mm. and I I wouldn't have thought. You know, I think if McLaren had offered him a new contract, he'd have probably taken it straight away. But Ferrari came knocking and he wasn't going to say no. It makes you think, doesn't it, that stuff must have happened over you know, like the winter and stuff. Discussions must have gone on way before it was announced because you can't have, Ferrari can't just drop better and then gone to Carlos Science. Oh, do you want to join us for the next year? And then two hours result, later, McLaren oh, yeah, he signed. <laughs> uh, that's what makes me think Mercedes, for example have probably made their decision and may have done for a long time. And that's, well, that's kind of the big one, isn't it? Boss has to be Russell. That's... Yeah. Because that's, that's also going to determine what goes on lower down. Like, are Williams still going to have Russell or are they going to need to hire someone else? Are they going to bring in Jack Aitken? Are they going to bring in... Reeves is another one. That Williams. is, yeah, he has been linked to that seat as well. Um I was I was just getting sad over the fact that Roy Nassani was also potentially linked to that seat. Um, <laughs> if they've got enough money from Coffee Boy, but <laughs> and their owners <laughs> and Dorothy Capital, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, then you've got the, the semi-revolving door of Alfa Romeo's transfer rumours, and then you've got the hydraulic powered revolving door of Alpha Towery's second seat. So you see that the only thing is uh it depends which side of the door you get out of whether you're hit into the propulsion ejector seat up into the Red Bull seat or out of that Takeshi's castle door that leads you straight into the mud pit. So and then probably back again into Alpha yeah exactly in a couple of years when they run out of people to fire. <laughs> But, so, I mean, in terms of in terms of Mercedes, if nothing happens, if Bottas stays, it's going to be quite boring, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, just Williams might if, replace the TV, but if Bottas stays, Russell stays. Hmm. So, why would they change Latifi yeah. either? Because like Latifi's I mean, got points. <laughs> that would be the biggest anti-climax <laughs> F1 yeah. ever. Seen. Same grid, done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's kind of been an assumption for ages, isn't there, that Russell's going to replace Bottas and then Bottas will either go Alfa Romeo or Williams. Well, yeah, that was the thing, because but... last last race week, Fred Vasseur was seen in Mercedes hospitality quite a lot. So it's kind of like, hmm, are they talking to Bottas? Mm-hmm. So... Oh, is it just there for a tea party? <laughs> or are they actually <laughs> talking to Hamilton? Playing the long game, Fred is. He's thinking 2024, he can sign him up. Um, but no, I mean, I guess the one the one seat that you've really got to... The biggest question mark for me is Kimi. Is he going to stay on? Is he going to do another year in the new regs? Or is he just going to go, I've had enough of my hobby. I'm going to go and drive rally cars for another decade. I think uh, he's going to stop just before the new regs come in because I think he'd only do like another year or something with the new regs. And then that would be time wasted for a driver that could have been developing the car and be there from like 
three or four years rather than just Kimmy and then the other driver having a year less. So I think it'd make more sense for him to go after this season. I feel like I feel like I also his said that wealth of knowledge is not to be looked over. But he could do what uh, Alan Pross and Fernando Alonso did, just be like, and Jensen Technical Byrne. Technical advisors. Technical advisors, yeah, that's it. Like senior mm. advisors or whatever they are. Mm. Like, he could do that. I mean, I don't see him walking away from the sport forever. No. But at the same time, he's not exactly pundit material. I don't oh, see him doing something that involves, you know, work. He's not a Rosberg, is he? Yeah. He's I not a... I hope. <laughs> as much as we all like Kimmy, I think it's about time he... Yeah, I said, this last, I said this last year as yeah. well. I think he should go... I'd love I mean, we've said this every year. Like a yeah. Twitch streamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be amazing. <laughs> and and you, he just wouldn't talk. <laughs> You just sit there, occasionally swear at the whoever's just chopped him off on the game, and then that's it. Carry on. Yeah, get like a gifted sub and just put his bum up. <laughs> All right. Yep. Cheers. Um, and then I, I suppose the next question marks are. Should we just run but through it team by team? Yeah. Why not? Otherwise, yeah. it's going to go like a mess. Well, we've again. got five teams. They're the same yeah. anyway. So yeah. Mercedes, Russell or Bottas. Really? I right. I'm so, who, if like... if you were team principal, who'd you pick, Alex? Russell. Nia. Russell. Ben. <laughs> it's just not a question, is it? <laughs> Don't say Bottas. <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate just... number two driver. Yeah. <laughs> if you're saying Bottas, you're just you're just feeling sorry for him. I mean, it's it's not as simple as that, though, is it? Because if I was Toto Wolf, well, I'd be worried about going to jail after what's happened today. But, <laughs> um, but apart from that, that, I mean, it's it's the whole thing about the the harmony within the team. Of, you know, Bottas is the perfect number two driver versus Ru- would Russell, you know, pose enough of a threat to Hamilton that they they're like taking points off each other by fighting. But I can't see George Russell being the sort of driver that's going to cause disruption within a team. You know. He, he's too I mean, he nice. Hamilton, he? For a start, yes, he'll be more of a challenge. But there's a I mean, difference Sergio between Perez, yeah. there's a difference between being more of a challenge and being more challenging to work I think he'd with. Be the perfect teammate because he'd yeah. get more points, but yeah, also think... not be a disruption. He he has proven he has that pace in the Mercedes. Yeah, I think what well, if he does go next year, he'll have like a year of development and like getting used to the new regs as well, getting used to a new car and all that. And then second year, being like a solid driver, being like most like the number two driver, but like occasionally winning. Um, what Bottas is meant to do, <laughs> score points. <laughs> um, he, he just He scored that. a strike. That's 20 points in bowling. <laughs> so it's minus five grid places in F1. <laughs> <laughs> No, because, um, I mean, for me, I think Bottas has had his time there and he's proven that he is a consistent second place. Put George in that second seat, even if it's not to directly challenge Lewis for the first two years. Think about it. Lewis is under contract until 23. He may or may not continue 
depending on where he's at. But if George has gone this year, he's had two years under the sort of mentorship of Lewis to hone everything and just generally improve and learn. And if that happens, I honestly can't see anyone beating George. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He always speaks about what he's learned from Hamilton in terms of his unbelievable like attention to detail and meetings and how late he you know, stays, how hard he works, that sort of thing. I guess from the Mercedes point of view, it's obviously, you know, don't fix what isn't broken, the perfect harmony for five years. Or, I mean, the thing is, we saw they, they effectively, they've lost Ocon, haven't they, from their you know, programme yeah. because they didn't promote him. I mean, can they, surely they can't risk that again with someone like George Russell, who's, you know, the next big thing along with you know, Verstappen, Leclerc, Norris. George Russell to Alpha Tauri, Helmut Marco. <laughs> Oof. Mm. Well, people say Red Bull might poach him. I mean, that's not, it's not ridiculous. That's no, exactly. He's, he's proven that he is a talented driver in a Williams. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, like we it's... saw him for that one race in Bahrain. It was in like a car that didn't fit him. Not he didn't yeah. suit it, he didn't fit. Uh, like his helmet your... was blocking the airflow, <laughs> yeah. Like he didn't fit. So imagine him in a car that does fit and like all that. He's and shoes be... that fit, his shoes that fit, seat that fits. <laughs> it's like he's gonna do a lot better. And he could have won by Sakir, he could have won Sakir. So it's like imagine once he gets used to the team and everything because. Again, he wasn't used to the steering wheel either. No. So like, if he maybe in like two years gets used to the legs, then gets used to being like a number two driver, he could do. He could be like world championship. He is world championship material, really, and like he could be like a Hamilton twenty twenty, which that's unstoppable. Yeah, and the thing is, we um obviously. We don't know what the pecking order is going to be for 2022 as well. Like that's the thing. If they keep Bottas for 2022, and Mercedes aren't, you know, the top team, Bottas is going to be doing his usual thing, isn't he? Of having a few the shocker every now and then, where he's in the midfield, can't get out of can't get out of it, and he's just nowhere. And that. Surely... I, sorry, I was just thinking of that wee bowling. Whenever you do, like, let go of the ball going backwards, everyone steps yeah. up and spits. That, that will be him. Yeah. <laughs> everyone so, does that. If see, he does the bowling thing again, everyone, everyone in the grandstand gets up and spins. The, the, the thing for me is, is Zandvoort, oh, a lot more people. Um, the thing for me is, if you keep Bottas for this year. And you keep Bottas until Hamilton retires. And then you bring in George. Bottas is going to want to be the number one because he's been there for so long. But you're going to hire this hotshot young guy and you're probably going to give him preferential treatment because it's George. George beat him in secure after... I I don't see Bottas as a team leader. You can't afford to wait that long anyway. I mean, no. think no. about Verstappen might be available in two years. You know, they, they might be thinking ahead. If we get George Russell in this year, if Russell Verstappen at Mercedes. Yeah, bring in Verstappen or someone. You know, I mean, well, I mean, Bottas, if he's still there in 2020, 
four, I'll be very surprised. How old is Bottas? Is he 31? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like yeah, he's, he's in his He's 30. definitely in his 30s. Valtteri Bottas is 31. Oh, what Born on the 28th of August, 1989. Oh, it's nearly his birthday. So yeah, he's going to get three days after me. Nice little present. Valtteri, <laughs> it's Toto. Happy birthday. You've cancelled your contract. <laughs> his, birthday's unqual- his birthday is qualifying day. Oh, <laughs> Happy birthday. Have a five place group penalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, the- Valtteri, it's James. Happy birthday. Also, you came 15th. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pole position. Wait. Your P six. <laughs> oh mate, that'd be that'd be amazing banter. Wouldn't he still do the interviews though? Uh, like yeah, technically yes. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's the qualifying final classification rather than start this, grid. Yeah. So because start then. grid is once <laughs> penalties have been applied to the final classification. So they get interviewed. For- Pole and in his edit, like, congratulations <laughs> on P6. How do you feel, Valtteri? Great, he just on, like, the, he posts the interviews with the voiceover. It's like, congratulations on P6. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on your five place grid penalty. <laughs> oh, god, um, start talking about how it is so undeserved. <laughs> Should we move mm, on to I, I don't think Bull. anyone would argue that. Uh, well, <laughs> Red Bull and Alfa Tauri now because they're yeah, they, they can be, yeah, that is the joint program, isn't it? So, yeah, it's... I, I imagine they're gonna keep Perez because he's doing really well. He's doing all right. Apparently, yeah. Marco's yeah. not that impressed. There was this helmet, Marco. Is he ever going to be impressed if you're not Max? It's like, no. what are you what are they going to do? Promote Yuki Sonoda after one year where he's destroyed like, seven Marco gearboxes. Really. And what, what would they expect, having mm. seen what happened to Gasly, Kvyat, Albon, and so on? I mean, I, I would love, we said it, I'd like to see Gasly go back, obviously, but it's yeah, not going to I don't think even Gasly would. Yeah. And assuming Perez stays, the big talking point is Gasly. Like, what is the point of him being there? Mm. I but think, then where does he go? I think maybe they, they'd keep Gasly and maybe promote Yuri Vips or... Liam Lawson and maybe kick Yuki out because like the Honda affiliation's gone by that point. Yeah, exactly. And um because there's there's no getting around it. There was that was a big factor behind Yuki getting that seat. Was the money that well, Honda I mean, were providing. Yes, he did well in F2, but still it was that extra little like Honda, here's your incentive. Do really well. I do think he deserved the chance. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I mean if he gets if he gets kicked out, you're replacing what? Someone who did very well in F2 with someone who's let's say it's Lawson has done you know, reasonably in F2 after one year. I mean, but what are you gonna gain? You, you could say the same with Alex, because Alex also got third hmm. in his year, and he was very close to Lando and being second. So like you could say the same for Alex. I forgot what I was talking about then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to agree. Alex Albon, <laughs> who picked up his first win in DTM. Mm. And first, it was it first he's... pole and win as well? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, 
it's one of those ones, isn't it? They've got so many drivers under the umbrella of Red Bull Academy driver that it's just, to some extent, it's a bit of a bingo. Just stick your hand in and rummage around and pull a name out of a hat and that's your driver, done. Mm. But at the same time, you, if Pierre's not going anywhere, then... Yeah. <sighs> I, I see Mercedes go- could scalp him, to be honest. I, I see him going for somewhere like Aston Martin or Alpine or somewhere because he, it's not worth him staying in Alpha Tower for that so, long. See, that's the thing. The two, the two nearest expiring contracts are both at the end of next season, and that's Alonso and Sainz. So it's, is he going to go to an Alpine? Is he going to go yeah, to Alpine a Ferrari? Is the, is Alpine's Gaz- an actual one, then... When well, does yeah. Gasly's run out? Or this year, isn't this it? year. I don't think they ever oh. have. Like, yeah, drivers out of contract are uh, Russell, Latifi, Giovinazzi, Raikkonen, Sonoda, Gasly, uh, Perez, and Bottas. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see Gasly, you know, try his hand somewhere else because it's not going to be Red Bull. Yeah, I think. But then, where is it going to be? I mean, go Mercedes. I would love him to go to Williams because realistically. They're the only team I see near the back going to the top. Yeah, they, they go on their way up. I pointed down. They're on their way up. <laughs> They're going up. They're on their way up. And um, I, I can see him, if George goes to Mercedes, I can see him, Gasly, going to Williams to help move them up as well. Because Latifi's mm. not going to do much. As much as I love Latifi... He's not going to do much, apart from cash. Yeah. Apart from bankroll the entire project. <laughs> but they don't need pay drivers anymore, according to a report. So who knows? Let's hope. But some, something without hope is the fact that Mazepin's contract is just ongoing. Yeah. You never know. Maybe his dad will do some insider trading and get put in jail. And then uh, someone else can take that seat. That'd be nice. Going to stroll. Father, son on the grid. Oh, God. Um, so the Alfa Romeo one's interesting because apparently they've sort of renegotiated their contract with Ferrari so that their second seat no longer has to be Ferrari's choosing, um, which lovingly coincides with the fact that both of their drivers are out of contract at the end of the season. Um, but that begs the question do you keep Giovinazzi do you keep Raikkonen do you ditch both of them personally I'd keep at least one of them going into yeah. a new set of regs I, I I was thinking the same because like even in the old regs old regs uh, we saw how well two rookies in a new team goes so like even if you bring in Bottas and Ilot or something one of them isn't a rookie but it's still a brand new team, brand new engine and all that. So, like, we've seen how well two rookies goes. Not good. So I think it's worth keeping one of them, even if just for a year. But then again, the same thing I said for Kimmy is that if you keep him, that's another driver who could have had a, another year worth of development with the regulations. It's like... I mean, I... Yeah, I'd agree. It, it would be a good thing if they kept one driver, if it wasn't for the amount of drivers in contention for that seat. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 
as far as I'm concerned, with both Alfa Romeo and Williams, assuming Russell goes to Mercedes, you're looking at getting one sort of experienced driver and then one perhaps rookie or younger driver. And yeah, obviously Alfa Romeo, you've got, I mean, Raikkonen, if, if you're talking about having an experienced driver, you've got obviously Bottas is the one that a lot of people think it will be if if he leaves Mercedes. But then you've got, you know, Hulkenberg, you've got maybe Gasly becomes available or Perez, one of them. I, I, honestly, I, even if, I don't see Hulkenberg coming back to F1 if as a full-time driver. I see him only staying as a reserve driver because like he's been out of sport for so long. I see him staying as a reserve driver or like a technical or senior advisor or something. I could see it with Williams, but maybe with like that. yeah, maybe with Williams. Yeah. But I don't really see it with any other team. Like even if, if Hulkenberg was their very last choice, as in like they had no one else, which they obviously don't. Mm. I don't see him going any come back as a full time driver. Mm. I mean, in terms of Alfa Romeo, I think yeah, Bottas. It's Bottas is the one, isn't it? But then you're talking about the second seat. <laughs> I mean, I th- do you, it's the same as what I said about the Alpha Tari seat. If you get rid of Giovinazzi, then you're bringing in Eilat or Schwartzman, probably. So you bring in someone who's, you're getting rid of someone who's got four years of experience and was a GP2 runner up, and then replacing him with an F2 runner up who's a rookie, mm. possibly, or whatever Schwartzman ends up doing. So Schwartzman was fourth last year. Not sure where he is this year. I will find out. He's somewhere similar. I, think, I will find out now. There or thereabouts. Yeah, uh, oh, he's third right now. I was four races left to go. I'd like to think Eilot is he's still down. ahead of him in the pecking order, given Schwartzman hasn't been that amazing this year. Yeah, so I'd he... like to think if someone's going to replace Giovinazzi, it's going to be Eilot. But... Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> Has Schwartzman won this year? I know last year he won... I think he won more times than Mick. But obviously he, less consistent. He won one of the Silverstone races. Did he? I think he might have won twice. Is 15 points. 15 is for a sprint race win, yeah. Oh, he's won yeah. three times then. Twice, yeah. I mean. He's won twice. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. As far as I see it, it's Raikkonen versus Bottas. And maybe, you know, you could throw Gasly, Perez, Albon in there. But, wait, wait, which yeah. seat is first? This one? Alfa Romeo. Romeo, oh, okay. And then the second seat is Giovinazzi versus Eilat and Schwartzman. I see Eilat um, most likely getting one of those seats. Even if like Kimi so. or Giovinazzi stays, I see Eilat being in one of those seats because he's had quite a lot of... Te- he's been given quite a lot of testing, like FP1s. Obviously, the others go to Kubica, but he's their test driver. He's their big money. Yeah. Because uh, Orlan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, I see Eilat getting the seat more than anyone else. And then maybe the second seat, probably Bottas, honestly. See, it's, mm. it's, if you look at this season so far, we've had 11 rounds and Kimi has beaten Antonio in six of them. So it's close. Mm. And I mean, the, the Kimi's on what two points? I think after Seb's penalty. Yeah. So you know, Kimi's got one more point than Antonio, but it's 
I don't know, because Kimmy's been around for so long that he has such a wealth of knowledge, but at the same time, does he have... Well, I, we know he has uh, passion of a certain degree because he gets angry on the team radio, <laughs> but it's whether he has the desire and the drive to actually help push the team forward is the question. Yeah, I think, like, the conundrum is... You, I think the best way forward would be keep both of your drivers for like a solid two years or three years or just get new drivers for both of your seats because then and then keep them for another two three years because then you're developing your new drivers with the new regs but then with the other option is you're developing your old drivers with the new regs so it's like it's the same set of development rather than one old driver, one new driver. You one's one's fine, the other one's struggling, and new regs on top of that. So it's like so that's the thing that because both of both of the current drivers have got experience in developing an F1 car and what changes result in what outcome. Like when you hear it on the team radio, of like, oh, I want four extra clicks on the front wing or something. And another a rookie might not have such a, a detailed understanding of what development upgrades can affect what on the car and asking for which changes to go so it'll take them longer to get up to speed but if they've got a teammate that's got experience of knowledge and then there's the rookie alongside them then you can kind of to and fro it because the f2 drivers will all have experience on the bigger wheels so they can teach the existing driver of that, but the existing driver will have knowledge uh, of the development <laughs> process yeah. within F1 and can impart that information upon the new driver. So I feel a 50-50 split in the team would be best. I mean, we've seen how well Haas are doing this year, but I, I mean, that's Haas. So you can't really take a lot from that because they are a lap far behind everyone else. In some cases, two laps. Um, but at the oh. same time, I was, well, I was thinking that when they finished three laps behind, but then you know other drivers finished one lap behind. So two, two, two laps being, being nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a case of what, what would you gain by... But taking such a risk and you could play the ultra conservative safe game and keep both drivers and not go anywhere and still stay seventh in the table uh you could take the big gamble and hire two new rookies and they could get on really well with these new regs and the new cars and everything and you could come fifth or they might take the entire season just to get up to speed and you're even slower than Haas. So I feel not to be too safe, but in terms of keeping one eye on future progression, I think you need one new driver in, in that seat. And I think Kimi is the one that's going to go. Yeah, I think Kimi's. I think either keep Antonio and bring in Callum Eilert or kick both of them out and bring in Bottas and Callum because then you have mm. Bottas has experience in a winning team, in a championship winning team and then obviously get to grips with the new car is like a bit more difficult but he has that experience of championship winning teams 
whereas Calamilot can use that information and the wheels as well. So like, I th- honestly, I think that is the best option. Maybe keep Antonio, but I think best. To be honest, my, my, thing, my thing with Bottas is, is he really going to want to join a team like mm. Alfa Romeo? Yeah, that's why I, I kind of think that as well. That he goes from top teams right down to the bottom. I think I mean, he'd like, be open to it, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's sport, happened before. Like it's one thing for Kimi to drop, didn't he? Yeah, McLaren it's one thing. Ended up at yeah, like Lotus, wasn't it? Yeah, the catering, whatever it was. <laughs> the the ever changing name of that yeah. team. Uh, I mean, it's one thing for Kimi to go from Ferrari to Alfa Romeo because he was like thirty seven at the time, um, and it was kind of like, is he going to retire anyway? And then Alfa were like, oh wait, uh, we, we we signed him. Um, but Bottas, yes, he's only 31, but he's spent, I, I want to say he made his debut in 2013, somewhere yeah, around there. He didn't see, but that was like 2012. And he's, and he's been in the team since 2017. And let's, 13, let's be honest, he's not done a lot. Like, yes, they've won the constructors. And yes, he's been a cracking wingman. But has he ever been in a championship fight? No. But he won Australia 2019. That's technically yes. So he was leading the championship at that and point. 2020, well, and 2020. So, like, I mean, like Max and like yeah, Max no, and Lewis, no. Lewis and Nico. It's level. never been a sustained fight. That's the no. thing because mm. Mercedes have always got to a point and gone. Valtteri, it's James. Get out of the way. Yeah, I feel like. Maybe he'll come up on top occasionally if like Lewis has a bad race and he wins. Then I'll just swap again and Lewis will win. Yeah. So I think that's like, he's got to go. Yeah, and I, I don't think you'd have the motivation to go from a team with a car like Mercedes to a team with a car like an Alfa Romeo. Yeah. So. I mean, for Alfa Romeo, it's one of them. It just depends, doesn't it? Marcus yeah. Mercedes. How, how lucrative a deal can you offer mm. Bottas? Because that's another would, thing, isn't yeah. it? I would money, like money it talks. to be. I would like it to be Bottas and I lot, but I think you are right about like the pecking order could be anything in twenty twenty two. We've said this. Do you really want two new drivers mm. going into that? I mean, I mean, Bottas isn't exactly new, new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, new team, to yeah. yeah. Right, and in fairness, I lot has been testing as me, so yeah. So it could happen, uh, but it depends, and that's the same with Williams as well. Probably. Williams, I kind of see them keeping Nicholas, like money, obviously. But Again, I also it depends. Yeah. It, 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 well, obviously we don't know, but I kind of see them keeping Nicholas, considering he's been there for two years, and then bringing in Nick DeVries. Obviously, if George goes Mercedes, I see them bringing in Nick DeVries more than anything. I, I mean, if Russell goes, I that's where I see an experienced driver coming in. I. I don't think Latifi and DeVries is a strong enough lineup at all. Yeah. I don't think Latifi where... is a strong enough half lineup. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I do. I, mean... I see them bringing in DeVries more than anyone right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe either keeping Latifi or bringing in someone like Nico if they really have to. Like Hulkenberg, not Rosberg. Yeah, that's where, <laughs> this is where I can see Hulkenberg coming in. If, yeah. If Russell goes and then Bottas ends up at Alfa Romeo, that's where I can see him coming in. As long as we're assuming Perez and Gasly and that don't become available, 
That's where and I can see. Kvyat. Yeah, and he's with Alpine. No, we haven't mentioned. Yeah, Albon, but he's only a reserve like, anyway. driver, isn't he? Yeah, I feel. Um, I feel there's like he'll no, stay as one. Honestly, there's been no, no hate him, Albon. There's been no yeah. Albon rumors anywhere, has there? For all this about, oh, he's going to come back. It doesn't know that's going to. Well, he's got plenty of plenty more years, but. Well, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't rush it, but at the same time, it's not promising. When yeah. even the speculative sources aren't saying mm. yeah. that you'll be coming back. The only way I see Alex coming back is replacing Yuki if Liam or Yuri don't do that well in the second half of F2. Mm. It's like him replacing Yuki, basically doing a down Kvyat. Would it be one of those ones where if they didn't get... Because you need to finish in... I want to say it's like top four in the championship to get enough super license points. But I'm honestly mm. not sure. They might have enough There was something already. about Yuki needed to finish high enough in the championship yeah then again mazepin he'd only done like three other series in like fia whereas liam and yuri i have no idea if i was them i'd be holding off for dennis hauger anyway waiting until you know yeah say say expecting gasly to leave the team maybe after next year that would be assuming hauger carries on his form the perfect time for him to come in when he's been absolutely outstanding in F3, hasn't he? So that's, um, yeah, as for Williams, I mean, again, we're going to assume, if we assume Russell goes, I think it'll be an experienced driver in that seat. And that might be Bottas, depending on if he goes Alfa Romeo. And it could be, that's where I could see Hulkenberg coming in. Because who else? I mean, he has been in talks with him, hasn't he? I'm sure there's been... Um, said about that but apart from I, I think it's more i hope it's going to happen to be honest yeah. than, so, uh, than anything, but... it's, hmm, i forgot what i was gonna say now <laughs> so personally i think if george george is probably gonna go to mercedes hmm, i still in my head i think yeah they'd keep nicholas but all the same time but he's not great for like development he's been there for two years and money that's the only plus i could see about him so i see i see them bringing in nick de vries because the man won fe f formula e so like and f2 so like but then who would be the senior driver because we've got Nico hulkenberg Hulkenberg and bottas who else would be yeah, able to, exactly? Is that are those the only three in contention, really? Unless Perez or Gasly don't end up at. I mean, to be honest, you can Perez. literally pick a name associated with F one at this point and no, throw it true. and say they they'd take a drive. Um, yeah, I was trying because at the same like... time, it's kind of how quickly is Jack Aitken's recovery going to take? And like, he's already back in training with three out of four limbs, so you know it's not a million miles away from suggesting that he could take a seat. He's already been in the car, mm. so why not? He's I mean, been it, sim testing for the car and all that sort of stuff, so... I think I, in terms of that in terms of that second seat, I don't think the situation with Russell is going to change. I think Latifi... Now there's a situation with Williams apparently don't need his money. I think he... Oh, if, I mean, if I was them, obviously he's got to go, hasn't he? But 
it's not it's never that simple if, if you're in a situation where you definitely a hundred thousand percent do not need a single penny from the sponsorship that he brings he's out the door but yeah. it's a nice safety cushion to have yeah because like if you like more money i mean you're not going to mm. say no to it really he could yeah. stay as a reserve driver like Kubitz has done. And still and keep making money. Keep it, keep especially, the if, especially if Russell goes, perhaps they'll want that stability for the new regs. Like, yeah, um, I mean, it's not likely got... Williams are going to hit the cost cap, are they? Yeah. But then they're, got... they're struggling to make it that much money spent yeah. so far. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many names linked with that second seat now. I mean, I think De Vries generally people think is the favourite. If anyone's going to take the CCC, I, I can't so. see, I can't see a De Vries Latifi, for example, something like that. I think, mm. I think there's going to, there's got to be one experienced driver in there, whether Russell stays or, or not. But then you've got De Vries of Singuanyujo's name in there. Maybe if Piastri wins F two, they could strike some kind of deal with Alpine. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a drive. I don't know. And then um. I don't the see LPA any of the. I don't see any of the Williams Academy drivers coming into the seat, especially not Asani. Oh, yeah. Jamie Chadwick doesn't have enough super license points. Doesn't have any, I don't think. Mm. And then Jack, I don't see him. I love Jack, but like I don't see him coming into the seat full time. Mm. Richard looks shocked. <laughs> uh, it's more, I've, I've just tried to see if there was like a... a an odds on who's going to get the Williams seat, but it doesn't seem to be a thing at the minute. Uh, but there is, however, odds for who is going to win the Belgian Grand Prix. And tied top, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, six to five. Uh, th- then it's Perez at 14 to one. Uh, uh, then it's Bottas at 25 to one. Yikes. Um... That is that is a big ouch on that one. Not going to lie. Basically, even the bookies think that Bottas is done. Okay, so one article suggesting seven drivers they could approach: Bottas, Gasly, Kvyat, Latifi, Hulkenberg, Joe, Tickton. So obviously, this is quite an old speculation because that's not happening. I didn't even mention Russell. I think it was on the assumption that Russell was leaving. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, which is uh, an understandable assumption to make at that point, to be honest. I can't say I'm like, I mean, there was a point where we were all kind of certain of it. It was, it was just before the summer break, wasn't it? We really thought it was, it was when George Russell was making jokes about, oh, I'll have a Mercedes engine next year. It was around Silverstone time, wasn't it? We thought yeah, they might Yeah, it was at Silverstone. Yeah. I'm kind of just like, I don't know, the longer it goes on, Maybe, I mean, I don't know if the, the news today is going to make any difference at all. Oh, with Toto, Toto and yeah, uh, with with Toto, and there's nothing to do with Mercedes because it's like mm. personal matters. It's all to do Aston, with Aston Martin. Aston Martin, that's another story, but nothing to do with Mercedes. I know that for certain. So, what wouldn't surprise me at all is the number of we've covered, like however many possibilities with, you know, the five teams that we've discussed. Some, there's going to be like someone's going to end up somewhere that we haven't even mentioned, aren't they? Something we haven't ridiculous. even discussed Guan Yu Zhou. 
or yeah. any of the real any of the other Formula Two prospects outside of the Red Bull Academy. Mm. Uh, I don't see any of the Alp. Uh, Christian Lungard probably going to go to IndyCar because he mm. did an IndyCar race not long ago. Oscar Piastri, maybe he could do what uh, Carlos Sainz did and was still with Red Bull, but was on loan to Renault. And then, like, he I, could I was just thinking, if he doesn't win the champion, because if I, I believe I'm right in thinking that if you win the Formula Two Championship, you can't compete the next yeah. season. So if he doesn't win this season, which could happen, stay in Formula Two for another year, and then. Fernando Alonso's contracts out at the end of next season. Boom! There's your path then, into Alpine. But then you might have Pierre Gasly, which would be an absolute like, you know, you'd think pretty nailed on. Yeah. And you just, you just never know. Like you can't you can't really. Two plan French drivers in a French team with a French engine. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Gasly, but they, don't, they get on, do they? don't get along. Yeah. So like, well, well, so, they might get along now because like they had a press conference together and they were like civil and like didn't. Yes, see much the press. That's the press, though. Yeah, so they could just yeah. be like Hass making PR magic and just making Mazpin look good, which never does. Right. Well, I think we've probably covered about every possible combination of drivers and teams under the sun at this current stage, and knowing that, we'll still have it wrong. Um, but let's let's take a. a Agandas ahead to this weekend's return to racing with the Belgian Grand Prix, uh, which is usually quite good for racing. Um, we've seen our fair share of incidents, turn one, lap one, uh, Grosjean and Hulkenberg spring to mind. Uh, so, that, yeah, there's, there's, there's another... Another pinch point potentially in the uh, the old championship fight. Stoke well, the flames a bit. We? we said this last week. Bottas has got a grip penalty, so it's almost certainly. I think. Yeah. Here comes but the bowling of, ball. In terms of the front row, it's almost certainly going to be Hamilton and Verstappen. And how many times have we seen the top two or whatever wheel to wheel down the camel straight into Lecon? <laughs> so could I be want an interesting it. one. So. I feel like it. Once who, whoever's into Lecom first is probably going to hold it for the opening stint. I think, as good as Spa is, it's it's tricky unless you've got a pretty decent pace advantage over the car in front of you. But we're These, assuming they're both going to make it to Lecom cleanly. This is this is, is true. Entirely possible that they won't. We are going to see someone buried in the barriers at well. I was going to say, do what Kevin Magnuson did when his headrest came off. <laughs> mm. I was Wait, thinking more. Uh, when Magnuson raced for Renault, he hit, uh, he spun at the top of Radion and hit the barriers in such a way that his his headrest just came out and over his head. Oh, I think I might have seen something about that. Yeah, you probably have. <laughs> it's quite a big one. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking more either. I mean, I can, I can see Verstappen making a little move into the first corner if he's behind, and then I can also I can also picture them now being side by side in Slickholm, and uh, neither wants to yield. That that you're, you're assuming they make it through a rouge. 
I don't think that's... If I they're side by side in Eau Rouge... I don't think they'd try that, to be honest. I hope not. I was not right. We've, we've seen moves there. So... The lead... Mm. Not for the lead, I don't think, but like yeah. was it Weber made an absolutely stonking move there one time. Yeah, I mean, um, I, lap one for the lead, I'm not sure even they'd go that far. It's a very risky move at that stage. Um, I mean, the, thing, the thing about the slipstream behind that everyone would get if they try that. I mean, we're imagine here we could have we could have a 2018 all over again. Lando Norris gets involved into Lecom. I'm I'm thinking four wide that it was it was yeah. both the force indias um yeah. uh it was both the force Vettel indias fettle and Hamilton, yeah yeah and it was crazy scenes um, there's always some kind of drama into, into the call on that one yeah and it's just perfectly set up isn't it for hamilton and verstappen so we shall see the, the, the thing is if they're side by side early enough on in the camel's trait the size of the hole that they're punching in the air for everyone behind them is going to be massive. So yeah. whoever's third is in with a, a nice cheeky sniff into, well, if especially if they, they bump wheels and someone has to take to the runoff, that's a, an easy place gained and maybe then use the momentum that you've got from that massive toe to just slingshot your way into the lead and just see you later. Lando Norris inaugural win. <laughs> um, not that I'm definitely gunning for that or anything. He's going to win. He's got to win. He says, looking at his predictions, and he's not said he's going to finish on the podium. <laughs> so, I mean, well, let's let's deal with that now, actually, shall we? Uh, our our poll and podium predictions. Uh, so I'll I'll start us off with Chris's, seeing as he's kindly not here again <laughs> thanks chris uh so chris has said that hamilton will get pole and the podium will be hamilton verstappen bottas so i feel like he's definitely forgotten that bottas has a grid penalty and doesn't know how to overtake in traffic so that's an f there uh sonia our graphic designer has gone for verstappen pole Verstappen Hamilton Perez podium. She's not outside the realms of possibility, I'd say. Um, obviously, it, it's really just who survives turn one at some stage, isn't it? Um, oh, ben, do you want to take us through yours? Um, Max Pole and then Lewis, Max, and Lando podium. Nia? Uh, Max Pole and then Verstappen Hamilton Norris podium. Alex? I think I had Hamilton on pole and then I had the same podium as Ben, I think. Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris. Yep. That's and then they don't take each other out. I've gone <clears throat> Hamilton Pole, Verstappen Hamilton Science. Podium. You know what? When you said before the race, at the start of the podcast, I've got someone weird on the podium. I was like, it's science, isn't it? Was like, oh. <laughs> he just has a tendency to pop up in places. So the Ferraris are notoriously good at straight lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and so are McLaren, aren't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, and McLaren are not until this year. Yeah, but you look at sector two because that's that was the thing we looked at it last year. Sector one and sector three, Mercedes had a massive pace advantage, but sector two, Red Bull had so much of an advantage just in that technical middle sector that they pretty much negated it over the length of a lap. Mm. It's all so, up, isn't it? I remember when Leclerc won, wasn't he like eight tenths quicker in the first and last sector, but then Hamilton was like a second faster in the middle sector. But um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. we said this last week, but it's going to be very telling. We've got two of the next three tracks are very much non-Red Bull tracks historically, Spa and Monza, and then Zandvoort's a question mark. And but, Mercedes yeah. have the momentum. So either this title is going to slip away from Red Bull now in the next couple of races, or it's going to be a France sort-esque turning point where they kind of win our Mercedes track. Mm. And carry that on especially when you look at what's been cancelled singapore being cancelled is a big blow for red bull suzuka being cancelled is a blow for red bull australia probably not so much um but that's usually because red bull start the season slow so it being later in the season maybe they would have gone better there but we'll never know now so um yeah they've lost two of their good tracks i mean I want to say they went okay at Turkey, but Verstappen spun behind Stroll. I think that was impossible to tell. It was just... It was so wet and so greasy. Um, I don't even remember any of the races last year now. We don't even know what's replacing Japan or Australia yet. We think Qatar, don't we, for Australia? Yeah, yeah, that's the latest rumour. But then Japan... I mean, if you look at the calendar, you think a European race. but yeah. Jello, Nurburgring, maybe, but could really be anything. <laughs> Might be nothing. Maybe we'll have a, a an extra week's there. holiday. Hmm. That's going to go well. <laughs> Suddenly, it's no longer the longest F one season. It's joint longest. Oh yeah. no! And double head this as well. Cota. That's keep getting talked about, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be against that. But I think Pirelli would need to do a tyre thing as well. Which, to be fair, they have always done when we've had double headers at the same track. So, Hasn't there been something like the Indianapolis being one of the replacements? That was lightly thrown up. um, But I don't think anything's been taken to the next stage yet. I know it still has its grade one licence. and the owner was like all for it, but I don't think serious negotiations have actually taken place. So, I mean, see what happened in that NASCAR race with the curbs and that. What happened? It was just basically some dodgy curb, and everyone just flew off the track whenever they hit it, pretty much. Basically, the curb came off the floor, and the front splitters on NASCAR's so low that it just went under the curb. And that just ripped the bottom off the car. And so they've literally just restarted from like a safety car restart sort of thing. And then they get to like, I think it's what, sixth corner or something. And then about eight of them just go off the road. Oh. Immediately back under full course yellow. (laughs) So, but yeah, that's, that's, 
it's one that's where I think we're just going to find out when we find out sort of thing. We usually hear it's when you start seeing multiple people citing the same sort of rumor that you start to think, okay, maybe we're going here. But at this stage, it's just kind of, we've, we've literally just had Japan canceled. Like I think they're still trying to deal with the fact that Japan's been canceled before trying to figure out where we're going next. No, in our luck, it'll be the announcement be on Tuesday. Tomorrow, yes. On a Tuesday. <laughs> For context, we record on Mondays. <laughs> so I have enough time to edit and sleep. <laughs> um, shall we move on to a bold prediction? Because Chris has neglected. Oh, no, Chris has sent me one. Oh, my God. All cars make it through La Source. Uh, for the uninitiated as turn one. <laughs> I mean, do you have to be what counts as making it through? You have to be just in the race. Uh or do, do a Verstappen and break your suspension yeah. then you know, Rouge. I mean so. technically he made it through La Source. Mm. And if he'd been so, maybe a bit more careful into O Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um well, I guess we'll have to open that one up to the jury, won't we? Uh, what, what, what do we say? If someone's already sustained damage, have they made it through La Source? I think we just, there's so many possibilities. Just, it depends. We'll decide once it happened. Fair enough. All four wheels <laughs> must be attached to the car. <laughs> as long as you can somewhat move, it is fine. Okay. Um... Nia, go for yours. Uh, so I put teammates or a Hamilton Verstappen crash. So a teammates crash or a Hamilton Verstappen crash. I made this like five minutes before we actually started <laughs> recording. So I, I, my brain is dead. Ben, what are you going to go for? Uh, Lando to be leading the race at some point. Alex? I think I said Bottas will collide with a Ferrari on lap one, didn't I? Is that what I said? Uh, Bottas will make contact with a Ferrari in the opening lap. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Which, given his five-place grid penalty, could well happen. That, that was thinking, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my bold prediction is both Ferraris and both McLarens to finish the race in the top eight. So, and then we have... We're holding out a lot on Danny Rick right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let me dream. <laughs> uh, we have one bold prediction from uh, socials. Uh, it comes from Matt, who said that Leclerc will finish higher than Perez, Gasly will finish higher than Bottas, and Russell will finish higher than Vettel and in the points. Very specific. Yeah. And then we've got a whole bunch of uh, podium predictions from social media. So Matt's podium and pole. Uh, he said Hamilton on pole and Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris podium. Uh, from the Discord server, we've got Sam Farrell, 58, with Bottas on pole. And then Verstappen, Hamilton, Norris podium. See, clever. He's remembered the five places there. Well, that's technically impossible, isn't it? Because you don't get the pole. 
I swear. No, so he does. I thought you'd get the tire still, wouldn't you? Yeah, you, you get the tire. the fastest time. Yeah, you, you sure get the tire, but starting think... grid is different to qualifying grid. Well, it depends what you class the pole position. Because, <laughs> like, when I'm trying to think of when it's happened. Top of qualifying. When, <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, there's been one before, hasn't there? But I, I can't yeah. remember. Uh, Inder has gone for the Verstappen pole, Verstappen, Verstappen Hamilton Leclerc podium. Uh, Der Wolf 8 has gone for Verstappen pole. Verstappen Hamilton Vettel podium. Let's see if he doesn't get disqualified this time. Uh, Nova has gone for Verstappen pole, Verstappen Hamilton Leclerc podium. Uh, Mackesons has gone for Verstappen pole, Hamilton Verstappen Perez podium, and Hamble 93 has gone for Norris pole, Verstappen Norris Hamilton podium. <laughs> I keep dreaming. <laughs> uh, which brings us to. Mazapin Bingo, um, which I still haven't made a jingle for because I have no inspiration on how I'm going to do that. So I've got Chris's here, but we'll save that for last because it's drama. So, uh, Alex, will he finish? Yeah. What lap will he be lapped on, given that there are 44, 44 total well, it's laps? It's got to be late at this time, isn't it? Because it's far. So, um, so it's a one minute forty. Oh, one minute forty six. Again, is I don't know why. Yeah, again, I don't know why I even bother <laughs> to work this out. Make, make yourself look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Lap thirty three. I'll go for. I'll go for and one. Obviously, one total lap down. Okay, uh, Nia. He will finish. He will get lapped on lap. Screw it, lap twenty-five, <laughs> and he will be two laps down. Ben, he will finish lap twenty-four, one lap down. Uh, I'm going to say he will finish. He will get lapped. Let's think about this. So. A 146.2 is the, the track record. Uh, it's a seven kilometer lap. They were two seconds a lap slower over half that distance. So I think it's fair to say it's four seconds a lap over the course of Spa lap. Four seconds a lap. So we'll, we'll conservatively add four seconds to the lap records to account for the different regs. So we'll say a 150. So you're looking at two minutes lots of fours 27 i mean if you don't win after that (laughs) it's the most like pseudo maths utter that i can think of um and i'm gonna say finishes one lap down so this weekend we'll be joined by formula three and w series support races again uh which will be good to get those back underway uh so we'll have the usual two sprint races, one feature race, Formula 3, that are all the same length uh, over the course of Saturday, Sunday, and the timed W Series race on Saturday, shortly after qualifying. Qualifying is two till three. British summertime. Uh, race starts at two as well. So it's one of those rare ones that the race and quali start at the same time. I'm actually not working on Sunday so I can watch this race. 
Well, that's about it, isn't it? We've got the, the Formula 3 W Series coming with us. We've got Formula 1 to look forward to for the first time in three weeks, which honestly, it's felt like an age. Um, I, just can't, I, just want, I just want to get back into it now. <laughs> but we've still got three days until press conferences. Yay! Two days for listeners. So. <laughs> it's been a long week. And it's Monday. <laughs> so... But we are still looking forward to it. We will, well, be in, in, engrossed as ever, I suspect. And we will look forward to having you join us next time. Uh, the usual spiel of, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, drop us a comment, subscribe, all that jazz. Ring the notification bell. Uh, if you're on any of the podcast platforms that we've released through, then do whatever is available on your platform, be that like, subscribe, follow, rate, five stars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you very much for joining us and goodbye.